Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Bodrini. This podcast is for everyone who wants to be part of our real estate family and learn commercial real estate investing from A to Z. I'll be sharing with you tips for real estate investing while being mentored by a few people with several years of experience so that you and I can make the least amount of mistakes as possible and succeed a lot faster. My goal is to keep things very straightforward because I value your time and you are here to learn. With that, in the last episode, we started an interview with Michael Flight. He is an expert retail real estate entrepreneur. He has been active in commercial real estate for over 34 years and has handled more than $500 million worth of real estate transactions. He shared in part one how he got started investing in real estate, what was his first deal like, what was his best deal like, and in today's episode, we are continuing the interview and taking a deeper dive into how to deal with political risks in a city that you might be interested in investing. We are also going over Michael's worst deal and what does he recommend us doing in order to prepare and ride a potential downturn. Here we go. How would someone go about understanding the political vibes of that particular city? Do you hire a consulting uh, firm? You know, the best thing to do is when you've got it under contract is to call up either the building department or the economic development department and say, we're interested in buying this and here's some of the things that we're looking to do. So what's it going to take? The other good thing to do is um, most of your local retail brokers or commercial property managers will know how difficult the city is to deal with. And then the other really good way to get a handle on how cities are is to speak with individual tenants or you'll kind of hear about it. Because we deal with stuff nationwide, there's nationwide brokers. For example, the guy that represented Pet Supplies Plus does Pet Supplies Plus and a number of other national tenants across the country. So I can just blow a call into him and say, we're looking at this area and I see you guys did a store down here. How was it for you? Mm -hmm. And he'll say, oh, it's fantastic. Or I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me warn you. You know, you won't be able to get any signage out there and everything will be pulling teeth. And then They'll come out just randomly and inspect you and then create all kinds of other problems, which we've had in the past. Very good tip. Why don't we go over one of your worst deals and what you learned from it? My worst deal was, I told you about my friend Jim, who was the real estate broker that we ended up doing a bunch of properties, doing house flips. And that was separate from Concordia Realty. We had set up a separate company to do the house and the residential stuff. Around 2008, we saw that there was going to be a bunch of houses on the market and we were in a position to buy some. I was speaking at a conference down in Florida. After I got done speaking, the institutional investor out of Canada came up and said, you know, we're really interested in buying stuff. So we'd like to joint venture with you. So 
We put together a fund. We went out and bought a tranche of single family, two flats in the western suburbs of Chicago. I was the financial partner. I raised the money and it's also the tax matters partner. And Jim would go out and find the properties, know what they would sell for, and we'd back into the price. So on one particular property, and again, it's political risk, Mm -hmm. uh, it's Cicero, Illinois, which was when Chicago cracked down on Al Capone, he actually moved his headquarters out to Cicero. So it's a little bit of a corrupt town (laughs) and still is a little bit of a corrupt town. It's also a town that made Martin Luther King Jr. cry. There have some issues over there. And so Anyway, this contractor who kept asking for money in advance and asking for money in advance and was in a bind. I didn't have the controls and I didn't have somebody go over because I trusted him and he was doing a lot of work for us, but got out over our skis on this particular deal, got into him for like $35,000. And he never did any of the work that he said he did. And then he just disappeared. We had to bring other people in. So we had to pay twice for the same amount of work. I didn't want our institutional investor to take the loss on that. And at the time, you know, nobody else had the money. So I had to advance the money personally out of my other companies to finish this project. And then the city kept coming in and the inspectors kept basically looking for a bribe to, to stop looking for problems. Mm. So we, we had to end up going to get another mayor from a neighboring town in as our attorney to go and talk to their mayor to get everything worked out. What a so creative it, way. <laughs> it was just, wow, because they're political friends and, and, you know, it's just the corruption that it's kind of like in working in Cook County is like working in a third world country. <laughs> so how do you sleep at night, Michael, during those times? You know what? I, had some real issues with the downturn of 2008. I had, uh, you know, uh, some stuff where the banks didn't renew my loans. On one, we had a very conservative loan and I had started out a year in advance to renew the loan with the bank and worked with them for, you know, more than nine or 10 months and the, the loan was coming due. And then all of a sudden, everybody that I was working with was gone from the bank. The last guy who was a younger guy, Justin, calls me up from a new bank and says, they're not going to renew your loan. I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) They don't have any money. They're not going to renew your loan. And I'm like, well, we've always paid. He goes, yeah, but the problem is, is that you can pay them off and the other ones can't. (laughs) So then this new woman comes in and we had already been in the middle of doing workouts for mezzanine lenders. So we were used to dealing with banks. So this woman comes in and she says, you need to pay this right away and we're going to come after you and blah, blah, blah. And they sent a default notice to my house and my wife opens it up. And so she's like, are we going to lose our house? I'm like, we're not going to lose our house. So I just called her up because I, like I said, I'd done workouts before I knew how to go about this. I said, look, I'm going to move my stuff in an orderly fashion over to this other bank. In the meantime, you're going to extend my loan. And she's like, no, we're not going to do that. I'm like, no, you need to listen to me. You're going to extend my loan because if you don't extend my loan, I gave her the name of my foreclosure attorney who was helping me on some other stuff. And this guy 
actually argued stuff all the way up to the Illinois Supreme Court with foreclosures. I said, we will tie you up for four years. <laughs> and I said, you won't get any money. And I said, so we, we could do it the easy way or we could do it the difficult way. I said, I am going to be out of here in six months. You can rest assured. I said, if you touch any of my deposit accounts in the meantime and freeze anything, I, I will sue you and I will throw all these other properties into foreclosure too. Impressive, Michael. Impressive. <laughs> Very creative well, ways it, to deal I, with these I, problems. It was, I thankfully got to learn on somebody else's dime. Mm-hmm. So when it came to that point, it's like, okay, I, I knew a little bit about what was going on. The other thing is that which, what I tell potential investors and people that we've worked with this for, especially institutional investors, is I can't tell you that everything that can happen has happened to me, but I can tell you that I'm not going to panic anymore. We are not going to panic as a company anymore because we've gone through and figured out solutions to most of the stuff. If I may make a recommendation, maybe you should write a book, one-on-one -on -one ways that retail <laughs> could go wrong, and <laughs> it'll probably become a bestseller in the retail world. Oh, I'd rather write it. I'm trying to work on a book on, on how to buy and own retail. There's a ton of ways that retail can go right. Awesome. I like to look at it from the positive part of it. The little parts that went wrong, sometimes they're big, sometimes they're little, but they've always been fun adventures. Not necessarily <laughs> fun in the middle of them, but when you're done with them, it's like, okay. Yes, exactly. When you're done. That's what I do like about doing redevelopment. I don't really want to do tremendous redevelopment anymore, but we've taken malls and actually knocked them down and rebuilt and put in strip centers. So we've done demalling and, and we've done, you know, large scale redevelopment. And I do like the ability and the creativity to say, we could do this, 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 and this, and know that the plan is there. And in five years, it's going to be completely different. And we are going to have you come back to talk about all the ways that retail can go right, because there are many positives to it. And uh, it's important to share that as well. By We're way, very bullish on it. And we think the returns right now are just incredible. We're seeing a lot of stuff that's eight and uh, even approaching nine cap stuff. So we're hoping to close on at least two by the end of the year or first uh, quarter of 2020. We're negotiating two PSAs right now. We think there's some real opportunity there right now. Michael, you have been through the savings and loans fiasco. You have been through the 2000 uh, recession. You have been through 2008. What are some pieces of advice that you can give real estate investors to prepare and ride a downturn? Because they were each different types of recessions and caused by different things. The only thing I can say is that trees don't keep growing into the sky. I'm very concerned about some of the multifamily stuff. And I'm even seeing some of the stuff with the self-storage is really getting overbuilt. My only advice would be that the good times are going to come to an end. And I'm really concerned about some of the projections on stuff, especially with people that are just making minor cosmetic things. As a matter of fact, I just saw from somebody I know they're doing a shopping center deal and the cash on cash was right. It was throughout the term of the project. They said it would be like a, an eight to 9% cash on cash, but then they're projecting like a 17 to 20% IRR. And it was only at the end of the presentation, luckily I listened all the way through to the end of the presentation, 
that um, they're buying it at a seven cap and they're saying they're going to sell it at a six cap. That's a capitalization rate. And I just don't see that that's a really good strategy. Investors are looking at this massive internal rate of return. And the only way you're going to get that type of internal rate of return is by doing some extensive renovations and extensive redevelopment and taking a bunch of huge risk. And there wasn't a bunch of turnover in this thing. So their internal rate of return is all based on the fact that they think for some magic reason, the cap rate is going to be lower after they hold it for five years than when they bought it, which I don't see the case because if interest rates do go up, then cap rates are going to go up. And I can tell you when I started out in the business, we would use a 10 cap as your average cap. And for me, who is math challenged, it was really easy to figure out, you know, what the price of any deal was because your average cap rate was a 10 cap. And when somebody bought something at a seven cap or a six and a half cap, it was really, really, really unusual. But the interest rates were also much higher back then. So when I started out in the business, interest rates were probably 10 to 12%. Thank you for going over that. I had an episode that talks about how people can potentially lose 50% of the value of their property in one downturn. And those are the exact points that needs (laughs) to be talked about. It does, but nobody's talking about it. I've got to listen to the rest of your podcast because I didn't even hear that one. And nobody's talking about it, Michael, especially the people that have been in the business after 2008 who have only seen things go up. So it's really important to know who you are dealing with if you are a passive investor. I think there's some very sharp investors out there, and I think there's some very sharp operators out there that have gotten into the business after 2008. I also think there's a lot of people that don't know what they're doing and have made really good money because they happened to buy in 2013 and then sell or refinance. I don't see those same type of returns. I could be wrong, but I'm just saying in my experience, I don't see those same type of returns going into it. And I don't know if this correction is going to be the type of correction where real estate is going to take a huge hit and you're going to find a bunch of opportunities. Because even after 2008, the banks held on to their properties longer, especially in commercial real estate. We were looking for a bloodletting. We were looking to pick up some really good opportunities. And there, there were good opportunities. But the banks held on to them because the banks were aware that it's like, well, if we just don't dump these all on the market at the same time, we can get some of the value back. And sometimes that worked and sometimes it didn't. But I think, you know, in the next downturn, I don't see that there's going to be a huge amount of stuff available to pick apart. I could be wrong, but I just think right now and going forward, there's a lot more sophisticated investors in the real estate world than there were in the 1990s, especially in the 1980s. And there's a lot more institutional investors. There's just a lot more money. Even after a downturn, there's going to be a bunch of money chasing a lot of deals. Michael, this was so incredibly helpful. Thank you so much. How can our listeners get in touch with you? They can go to our website. It's concordiarealty.com. That's C-O-N-C-O-R. D-I-A-R-E-A-L-T-Y.com and just go to the contact page. If they just fill out the contact page, 
the information will get to me. If they're interested in passively investing with us, they can go to the investor page and just fill out the investor questionnaire. Either I or uh, my partner, Jason, will definitely give them a call and talk to them. If somebody is an investor that thinks they might want to get into retail, be more than happy to talk to them. I've also helped a lot of passive investors that say, well, yeah, I'm doing this stuff over here, but I'm interested to see what retail is. And so we believe in education and uh, we have a lot of educational materials on our website, which kind of go through the different definitions of shopping centers and what triple nets are and all the rest of the buzzwords. And we're continually adding to that. And as always, all of these links will be under show notes. Michael, I really look forward to the next part of Ways Retail Can Go Right. I'm super excited already. I really appreciate you being here with us. Thank you so much. Stephanie, it's always a pleasure talking to you. I really learn a lot from just talking to you too. So thank you. I would like to announce that I will be taking one mentee if you would like to be mentored by me and are hungry to learn about commercial real estate investing, make sure to share your information and why you would like to learn about commercial real estate investing under the Contact Us page on our website under show notes. The website is montecarlorei.com and you can let me know why you would be interested in doing something like that. Otherwise, you can still subscribe to our newsletter on our website and you will be getting short and to the point real estate tips in your inbox. See you next time.